This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. The National Day for Truth and Reconciliation is this Saturday. The day acknowledges historical injustice experienced by Indigenous people. It's also an opportunity to chart a path forward. Legal reform is part of the bigger reconciliation picture. Gladue reports are one of those reforms. Gladue reports are a court process that are meant to acknowledge the effects of colonialism on Indigenous people. Kelly Braun Johnson has been working on Gladue reports, and Kelly is the founder of Completely Inclusive. Hey, good morning, Kelly. Thank you for making the time this morning. Hi, good morning, Dave. It's so important to talk about this. Yeah, it really, really is. So, Kelly, let's start here with some of the broad strokes facts. What is the landscape when it comes to the experience of Indigenous people and the legal system? So, despite the fact that Indigenous people make up only around 4% of the general Canadian population, they represent almost 30% of people incarcerated right now. Um, Indigenous men are eight times more likely to be incarcerated than white men. Um, and the next, just for comparison, the next overrepresented race are Blacks at 8%. So there's a huge, huge uh, percent gap um, or percent change difference uh, between those two overrepresented populations. Um, and the fact that the number continues to grow is, is also scary. Where does disability fit into this conversation? How might disability intersect to create a double marginalization for people? So another overrepresentation issue that we have is roughly 14% of the prison population is neurodivergent. So we're just speaking specifically about neurodivergence in this case, um, when we make up only about 7% of the general population outside. And the actual, the most common disability uh, within the prison system is dyslexia. So it's it's kind of mind blowing to me and, and it really shouldn't come as any surprise to anyone that when we don't support disabled people in the school system, when they are punished for so-called acting out or not succeeding, um, we shouldn't be surprised later on that we find these people ending up in the in the prison system at some point. They've been used to being punished um, and this is the beginning of the school-to-prison pipeline. Um, but let's also look back, we'll look at barriers to the diagnosis when we're talking about specifically in the Indigenous communities in very isolated areas or uh, reserves when they either do not receive a diagnosis um, or if they do get a diagnosis, then there are very few or often zero services um, to support them. So I would actually love to see some numbers. I would love to see the numbers of Indigenous people uh, who are incarcerated um, and uh, who have a disability. We don't really track this right now. Mm. Kelly, that's some of the relevant context about the experience of Indigenous people and marginalized people with the legal system. What are some of the considerations that go into a Gladue report? So a Gladue report is, is a court-mandated report that are used to address this over-representation of incarcerated Indigenous people. And it's a way uh, to put into context the effects of colonialism on Indigenous people 
and their circumstances today. So the government and the Supreme Court are admitting that the actions that were taken by the government in the past, like residential schools, the 60s scoop, um, the CD Howe ship that was uh, that took people down for TD, uh, sorry, TB, tuberculosis treatment, and then they never returned them. Uh, the sled dog slaughter by the RCMP, uh, forced relocations, forced sterilizations, research studies that were done on them without any consent. And there's more. I mean, I could go on. Um, but all of those things are explored and how that affects the individual client that's in front of me and why uh, or what led to them ending up in the justice system. But we know that there is a connection between those two things. And so we're going to put that in context for the court to to read and to understand the story of that person. Knowing the overrepresentation that you referred to, under the assumption that people are already in the carceral system, already in the prison system, how is that system failing people even once they're inside? Well, I, I, I truly don't believe that prison helps anyone at all, um, and that, that might be for another show and another discussion. Uh, but when we're talking about Indigenous people specifically, we know it's a system that wasn't created for them. It was a created you know, it's a system that's created to to house them, but not to not to benefit anyone. Um, the laws and the the whole system is made in a way that doesn't fit their laws and their justice system. They already had their own systems of justice, and uh, our system is definitely not like that. Um, when they are incarcerated, they're not receiving any services or very few. Again. Uh, having a, a a workshop once a year to uh, and light a candle and and say oh you know I forgive myself doesn't isn't really therapeutic um, mm. and so they're not receiving services that are going to benefit them when they come out it's not they're not receiving services that are culturally appropriate and they're not receiving services in their native languages so um, all of that is is a barrier and inaccessible and and prison is just not a helpful or beneficial place for them. What are some of the under-considered impacts of someone being removed from their community and sent to prison? Well, we look at if we look at a very small community or a small village, and I'm speaking from experience of the ones that I've I've personally been able to visit. These are villages of between 250 and maximum 2,000, and even at 2,000, we're kind of pushing it. Um, so when you think you when you have such a small community your role and your actions and your place within that community are extremely important to everyone. Um, so for example, really important job of North are the water truck drivers. Um, water is delivered uh, in Northern communities by truck. There's no underground plumbing, obviously, because that would freeze. Um, and so water is delivered to each home every day and the sewage is taken away every day. Um, so if there's only a few drivers and you're one of them and then you're sent to prison for nine 12 months uh during that time that means that people the people at home are suffering because they're not getting enough water they're not getting it on time you know it, it's it's inconveniencing the whole community and and one really serious example and it's one that i worked on recently um where there was a community where there's only 10 volunteer firefighters and during a recent fire only seven uh firefighters were able to show up at the beginning of the fire and only one person was trained and able to go into the house to save someone and so if we look at the loss of that one person we need to prove to the court or show to court this is a it's dangerous for the community because how many people might die in a fire 
while this person is gone because we're down that one brave volunteer firefighter who could not go in. So we need to look at that. The cost needs to be weighed. It's not just about one person. It's how that person affects the whole life of the community. Along those lines, what are some of the alternatives that are being proposed instead of just incarcerating people? Right. So it's, you know, I always say it's not, we're not asking uh, everybody to get a get out of jail free card. Um, the point is to create a plan and to help that person not reoffend. And so we look at things like culturally relevant therapies um, in their mother tongue, if possible. Um, things like going out on the land and going hunting for the community can give them a better sense of purpose again uh, when they're providing for people. Volunteering or doing community service within the community can give them job skills and again, give them some meaning. Um, alcohol and drug rehab programs where the whole family can attend and receive counseling together because they need to all heal together. When you have the whole family healing together and they're all supported, they're more likely, uh, they're sorry, they're less likely to reoffend, and they're more likely to stay in the community and stay in a healthy community. Kelly, why did you get involved in writing Gladue reports? So one of my, one of my sons is indigenous and this is kind of the way that I feel that I can actively try to minimize harm and, and address some of this aspect of truth and reconciliation. I always look at my client and I think, if this person was my son, how would I want to be treated? Or how would I want him to be treated? And I would want someone to see my son for everything that he is as a whole person. I want them to understand the circumstances, the trauma, the things that he's experienced that led to him that are not his fault, but they're a direct result of the choices that the Canadian government made and continue to make when we're talking about the treatment of Indigenous people. I don't want somebody to just look at him as a crime or a mistake. He's not that. He's a full person with a full life and able to give so much. Um, and so that's how I, I use that perspective um, whenever I'm looking at, a, at my client and trying to do the best for them. Kelly, I can hear the emotion in your voice. And I know as I ask this question, the answer is probably quite obvious. How's the experience? I, I know a, a dear friend of mine in Ottawa worked for the Truth and Reconciliation Commission for years and years and had a really tough time as he, as he went through it, uh, documenting people's stories. How is the experience for you? So for me as a writer, I'm, I'm trying to get as much info as I can. I'm trying to document the story um, about often truly horrific and traumatizing events for this person and their family. Um, so it's, it's emotionally intense for me as I'm, I'm both documenting and I'm holding space for this experience. Um, but also I don't wanna focus on myself too much. Like I, I, I have problems with this question in the sense that it's not about me. It's really right. not about me. Right. Um, but I, I do want to like at least acknowledge that yes, um, self-care is important in this process for everyone involved. Uh, we do give support and recommendations for our clients after we've done interviewing them because it's obviously an extremely emotional time. Um, and for me, uh, you know, what I did to try and, and kind of wash it off me, get it out me, you know, I cry, of course, I don't, I don't cry in front of my client, but I will go out and I will go and I'll, I'll have my own moment. Um, on the, when I was up, I was up north, I could go out on the land. I went and I walked around. Uh, I walked by the water. I went alone. 
Um, you can go and scream into the abyss, nobody will hear you. Um, but to get that peace back to to um, find the calm again and, and find hope in all of this. Um, and I also think at the same time, it's okay to be angry. As long as I'm angry, that means I care. I'm going to keep channeling my anger into ways of fighting this injustice. So it's a, it's a, to me, it's a very complicated question. Um, but everybody who's involved, I think, has to has to get it out, has to deal with their own in their own way. But we do also need to process that anger and take that anger and do something with it. So that's what I will keep doing. Yeah, Kelly, I, I acknowledge that the question is unfair, and you're right. It's not simply about us. It's not about our own experiences. It's about the experiences that other people have gone through. But we do have a part to play in reconciliation. We we all do. We can't just simply cast that that responsibility aside. So knowing knowing again that this question is probably unfair as well. How are Gluju reports a piece of the broader process of reconciliation? Well, I think that a lot of of what came out of the Truth and Reconciliation Report was about bringing that awareness and that validation to the injustices that happened. And I know apologies have been made. Um, there's been some acknowledgement, uh, often stopping short of using the words that I think we need to be using, but, but <laughs> I'm not gonna belabor that point either. Um, I think the point is that we cannot change what we don't acknowledge and we need to acknowledge this overrepresentation of Indigenous people in prison and Indigenous children in care. Um, and so it's, you know, we need to acknowledge this is not by fluke. This is not, this did not happen as an accident, right? Um, these systems were purposely put in place to eliminate a whole group of people. And we will keep the system running exactly as it is unless we take action to dismantle it ourselves. Um, and so Gladue reports to be are a way that the, the courts are forced to acknowledge that the system is not working for anyone. And if we actually want a true and just society, we will not accept the status quo anymore. Kelly, thank you for this. Thank you for your thoughts on such an uh, important topic. I appreciate your insight. Thank you so much for acknowledging it and observing uh, Truth and Reconciliation Day. Yes, and uh, just a programming note, next Monday is the day that uh, AMI and will be observing uh, the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation. So there will be no live show on Monday, October the 2nd, as uh, Truth and Reconciliation, the day, September 30th, is falling on a Saturday this year. That's Kelly Braun Johnson, the founder of Completely Inclusive. Coming up after the break, we'll have more now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Juita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.